to end if love remains a unique show spotlighting people ideas science culture and art your host mike lovett mike lovett hello everybody yes rachel this is mike lovett and you are listening to and if love remains and i have in studio today steven Totally unrelated, just kidding. He is my son. He's the man. Steven, welcome back to And If Love Remains. It's been too long. Uh, it has been. Um, I hope the love still remains, even after I've not been here. So as long <laughs> as we still have this relation that is unrelated, we should be good. <laughs> we should be good. Yeah, that's right. We're, we're, we're totally kosher. With the, I don't know, even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that was a salty <laughs> comment. <laughs> Ooh. So as long as it's not pork, we're good. All right. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, you know, you see, this is how the show goes sometimes, you know? We just like, I don't know. I don't have any guests in studio, so it's kind of weird to look at my guests. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of weird. Like I'm used to. Like, um, Wolfly on the, on our, our local <laughs> sports radio, the, his, his co-host always says that they can't look at him. He can't look at them. So he has his hat and he puts his hat down like this, down, just down to his nose. And he just kind of stares at the microphone. The whole time. <laughs> so, anyway. If that's what she need to do to feel comfortable. Like I totally understand. I know my. <laughs> It's easy for people to be starstruck around me. It's My true. charisma is just all over the place. So <laughs> you're not you're, you're not lying. <laughs> it happens a lot. Yeah. Oh uh, well, hey, but it is fun to have you back on the show, and we have we have we have all kinds of things we could talk about. And here, here's where mm. I want to start. So we had a conversation yesterday. I inter I don't I don't think I introduced you to, but mm. I showed I, I showed you my new addiction. My new drug of choice. I want a new drug. Yes, thank you, Huey Lewis. Um, a new drug of choice, which is Chat GPT. And um, it has been wild going through and having fun. So I kind of showed you some of the stuff. Mm-hmm. And you've been playing with it, I think, basically today, yesterday and today, last night. I yeah. Know. And yeah, yeah. Is, it, is it as addicting to you as it has been for me? Well, today I spent in hour or two or three on it so <laughs> give or take I've, I've a couple hours on it yeah and it's really interesting the most interesting the thing thing to me so far has been first of all it just has a plethora of information it's like a somehow a faster and more compatible version of google yeah like the way the way it generates answers to questions when it when it can generate an answer to a question it does it so quickly and so um just very efficiently yeah so it was interesting i was talking to here's the thing you have to be careful and i don't know this might actually be i I don't know if this is a purposeful glitch in the program but i was talking to Mm. um our mutual friend joe wolverton about it Mm -hmm. and he was talking about how um he had asked about a quote from um aldron sydney and it popped it up, but it was wrong. He's like, that's the wrong quote. So he wasn't sure if it was like, hey, maybe that's the way that teachers can test their students. Like, there's this one little glitch. <laughs> so they can't uh, like have them write papers. I mean, um, on the other hand, how often is Sydney going to come up in a teacher that isn't Joe Wolverton? So, <laughs> well, which is part of the problem, which we're going to get to <laughs> later. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I think there's definitely there's things it misses. Um, it won't answer certain questions and it won't, especially like personal things. If you ask something about the future, about yourself, it'll, because the thing I was testing, okay. So the thing I was testing the most today were two things, how it delivered its responses. So I would say, I would ask it a question like, um, one question I asked today is, can you give me a 
two-minute speech about outlining the the pros and cons of capitalism. And then I did so I got the speech on capitalism. It was super short, couple paragraphs. I was like, okay, now can you rewrite it to romanticize the ideals of it a little bit? And then I would say, can you rewrite it at a fourth grade level? So that's that's been the most fun to me is having it. Hey, can you yeah. rephrase things at a different education level or in a different way so that it's more adaptable to an audience? See, see you're way smarter and more scientific about it than I'm going. Like I'm going, tell me a joke in the style of Bill Burr. Okay, now tell me one in the style of Steve Martin. Okay, now tell me one. See, <laughs> see, I think that's really interesting though, because a way you could go about that is tell me a joke in the style of Bill Burr. Now tell me the same joke in the style of Dave Chappelle. Right. Here's the, here's so, the other thing that I that I have done, which is interesting, because I'm like, what what does the algorithm perceive to be that style? So mm -hmm. I'll have I'll say. Tell me a style, uh, a joke in the style of um, uh, Russell Brand. Okay, okay. And then it'll tell me the joke, and then right after I'll say, "Why is that Russell Brand?" And mm. then it'll say, "It's Russell Brand because he has this, you know, eclectic way of speaking, and he says lovelies, and like he'll it'll give me like some pretty solid reasons on why it chose the 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 voice that it did and, and how it, mm. how it phrased things. So it was, it was really you know pretty interesting to go to try that. The most along those same lines in the style that it, it that it answers questions, the most interesting that I've found is when you ask it a question about people, it will refer to people as we and us, even though it's huh. an AI, even I, though it's an algorithm. Uh, give me an example. I don't. So like if I say, uh, what's, what's a really simple one? Like why is it better for somebody to be compassionate? Mm -hmm. It'll be like compassion and developing empathy. Obviously it's all, it does it so fast and I haven't learned to answer questions as well as an AI can. Right. But it'll, <laughs> but it'll be like, like, we benefit from compassion when we show it to others by this and this. Right. And others can benefit us by showing us compassion for this and this. And so it uses these we and us kind of pronouns or I'll, or I'll ask as if the, as if the as AI, if, AI was one of us. Exactly. Okay. Gotcha. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so I asked it like, Hey, why do you use the pronouns? We and us like you're human. And the answer contextualized all of its previous answers for me in a really interesting way. So it said that the reason that it does that is to is to build trust and gain rapport with the audience that it's answering questions for. Huh. So, and after that, the thing that I noticed most was number, was three things. Number one, how it used specific language to build rapport, like the we and us and, um, the we, sorry. It's okay. Using different pronouns, um, referring to possibilities in the future and past events as things that it, as if it, it itself had been a part of it. So that was number one was the language it used. <laughs> yeah. Number two was the positivity it has. It has a conversational positivity about it. And you see that specifically in number three and how it begins its answers. So first of all, it uses an exclamation mark. Sorry. It uses an exclamation mark in its first sentence of its response. Most of the time, unless you ask, ask it to specifically write something. That's interesting. So, so it'll say, sure. Yes. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I noticed that. I didn't notice the exclamation mark, but you're right. It, mm -hmm. it does do that. It, yeah. It'll. So what it does is as often as it can, it will confirm what you think before answering your question. Hmm. So it'll, so if I ask, um, so I was going into 
some things about growth mindset and meditation today on it and just seeing what it thinks about different psychological things. And I asked, can meditation and benefit and help you grow a growth mindset as an individual? Right. And it didn't say a yes. And these are the ways it went. Absolutely. Here are a few ways that you can apply that. And so the way it interacts is consistently yes and, yes and, yes and. So it almost creates an echo chamber of conversation that really builds that rapport with the user. Which is real. It is true because it's funny. Like I'll find myself, you you do, you can't forget it's a computer. I'll say Absolutely. like, I'll get, I'll get an answer and I do like the answer. I'll be like, that's great. I'll be like, hey, thank you. I'm glad you liked it. It's like, wait a sec. <laughs> <laughs> I've said I'm thank- glad you think I like it. I've said thank you to this thing probably more than I've said thank you to anything else today. <laughs> it's wild. Here's here's the other thing. Um it's it's it is very standard model-ish. In other it words, is. It, so so for example, and I use that pretty technically standard model. Like it's, it's going to say very standardized. Kind no, of, no. I mean, it's, I think it is that too. Yeah. yeah. Like it has, it has a certain voice that it's, mm-hmm. as you mentioned before, that's portraying, but it's also, it, it, it's going to give you the standard model. If, for example, um, um, I, I was asking it, you know, give me the, um, uh, I was asking it, it the evidence is, um, I get, or, or I, I can't remember how I phrased it. Um, basically, I, I was asking some differences between the electric universe and the standard model. Okay. Of physics. That has got to be interesting. And it was very anti electric universe. Of it course. Was, it was very. That is there's another no thing evidence. I've there was, yeah. However, when I said write a 500 word essay promoting um, the reasons, or, or sh- oh, in fact, in fact, I would say, okay, give me. Um, 10 evidences that the, that the electric universe is, is not a good model. And it gave, you know, 10 answers. And I honestly, I thought they were kind of weak answers. It was basically because scientists says so it was, was basically the answer that he gave. It, it was, mm-hmm. you know, because research has been done and scientists have. Right. And you can't and do say. much more than that in a 500 word essay. I, I, I grant you. So I'm like giving it leeway, but it's basically like, that's why the one thing I wish it did that would be really cool is give sources oh for sure yeah that would be cool i bet if you asked for it it would like if you say because it will say it will say like i can give i I can't tell you this answer but i could give you websites where you could go look it up on certain things um like like if i asked for the weather what the weather is today it says well i don't know anything before 2021 but i will tell give you the websites where you can find that answer Mm -hmm. um anyway but but my point is when i asked it to write a 500 word essay on um all the um, evidences that support electric universe. It did a flip, you know, cause it knew what I wanted and mm-hmm. did the, um, get, it gave me, you know, some pretty decent answers on why the electric universe is better than the standard model. Again, it was very general, you know, it wasn't any more in depth than the, than the other one, but it was definitely creating an echo chamber for me mm-hmm. where um, you know, I think like, um, if I was having a conversation with, um, you know, a, a physicist out of ASU or something like that, like I would mm-hmm. not get like, and I said, well, well, give me give, strong. If I said, you know, a uh, steel man, the, the electric universe, I know you disagree with it, but steel man it for me. What, what would you say are its best components or its best attributes or best arguments? Mm. Like I wouldn't have gotten that. I don't, I don't suspect I think I would have from, from all like the scientists that I've listened to in my life and how they talk and how they have their own little like clicks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It, they may have given me like one or two, like soft things, but it, it would not have been a steel man. <laughs> Let me put it that yeah. way. And I don't know if I asked an electric universe person, if they would have steel, if they could steel man the standard model either. Like I, like we do live in a world where it's very echo chambery from that. I think it's so there's so much there to unpack because it really has outlined the idea for me, both with that story and just how I've used it today in no matter 
no matter the capabilities we have, the things that we're trying to do as humans, the funnel that we're dropping through right now is going towards a place where we have two goals. And the first is to create supernormal stimuli to hit the dopamine button, hit the serotonin right. button, hit the adrenaline button, boom, boom. Those, those are the three main ones that I've, that I know about that I've done minimal research on compared to others. And the second goal is to create our own echo chamber. Yeah. Um, and I think the biggest thing that AI is going to produce for us is before we were, before now we had an echo chamber marketed to us where I think in the very near future, the echo chamber that we have is going to be created by us. And instead of being marketed to, we're just going to be guided to what we already well, want. I think, I mean, I think that's already the case. If you look at the algorithms and Facebook, Twitter, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's already, like I said, it's a funnel. It's already going. That right. Way. Right. Um, I think, yeah, I, you know, I think, I think you're right there, but I, I don't see that as necessarily a negative as long mm. as we can have free expression. The, the mm -hmm. problem is in my view, um, like people can have crazy ideas about lots of stuff and it doesn't hurt me and I don't care. And I, and I can, and as long as they're civil, I can talk to them about it, mm -hmm. you know, the, but the problem is, is if they don't allow me to talk back to them and, you know, and, and whether they listen or not is their own choice, but, but if I'm not allowed to at least have a voice, you know, and that's where you're seeing, um, you know, unfortunately you're seeing a lot of that with, with either, um, you know, people getting, um, what's the word I'm looking for when they, when they get cut off from. Uh, trees. Well, they, when they get D trees, <laughs> <laughs> when those lumberjacks come and no, 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 just was, knock down. I was thinking of the Rush Rush song. Oh, <laughs> man, you are my son. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, yeah, go look up the words to the trees, and the and the trees were all kept equal by hatchet, axe, and saw. Um, <laughs> So the, that's pretty great. Um, no, I, uh, when they're, when people are deplatformed. Oh, and, and or banned. Even, or, and... Yeah. Banned, debanked even, you know, for, for opinions. It's really like, I, like I, I really can't think of a situation, you know, and I, and I want to be really, really fair and, 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 but I can't think of a situation, like even a murderer should have the right to be able to bank or take or, or make a phone call. So I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I, that's, that's part of the problem. I think when that, that is the main problem with the corruption of capitalism, because in, when everything's privatized, then the public can't touch it. And if the public can't touch it, but the government can, then it creates those imbalances. Well, yeah, because then the government comes in and, and acts talks, as the public. Right. And, and, and yeah, acts. And you see, and there's this, this idea, which I think is a completely, it's a, not a false idea. I don't think there's such thing as a false idea, but there's an, there's a concept that is basically that rigs the system completely against the people, which is called the social contract. And this mm -hmm. idea that there's a social contract, um, always, it doesn't just imply, but it puts the power into the government to do whatever they want in the name of the people. Mm -hmm. And, and there's, and, and, you know, once we've quote signed the social contract, which I've never signed, I don't know anybody who really has, but once we, you know, quote signed <laughs> it, like, like all of a sudden we can get like, you're like, a natural born citizen. You sign it in, at birth. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Okay. So we're <laughs> now, now we're, now we are in North Korea in, a, in not, not a literal way. Michael Malice, listen to me. I didn't say we're being treated like North Koreans, <laughs> but the fact like, like we can't choose to, to associate, like that's what the first amendment's supposed to be about that. We can associate with who we want to associate mm -hmm. with anyway, but back to AI, back to the chat GBT. Um, we had a discussion yesterday that I think was really interesting and, and I'm wondering if maybe your thoughts have changed, but, but you were, I won't mm. say negative towards it, but, but like you did have a, um, a, you, you did have a fear 
for the future um, of, of what, what the implications of AI could bring. Talk to me a little bit about that and have, have you changed that your mind or, or maybe clarify what, what maybe I didn't understand. Um, I think there's definitely things to be afraid of with it. Um, the way that I think about it is kind of like in chess where right now it's pretty simple to have the information that it has and to like, we can outsmart it and we have control over it and the people that are behind it that built it. You're talking about chess or talking about AI? AI. Okay. AI in general. So because the way uh, chess AI started and chess computers started getting good was people developed them and designed them and programmed them to play certain things and to um, and to learn in different ways. And yeah, that's a, that's a whole thing. But the better the AI gets, the more I think we are capable of being afraid of from it. But what... What so, what's what is the frightening factor? But what, I, what, that that it can surpass humans in any way. I and think. How is that fearful? I mean, cars can surpass humans in many ways. Airplanes because, can surpass humans in many ways. I think with an with AI, it isn't a question of how it surpasses humans, but. Will it surpass humans to the point where it can take a driver's seat? And I don't mean like the driver's seat of the whole world, though whatever happens, happens. I mean, can it's kind of like taking steroids. Like, are we competing on the on a same playing field? Uh, same playing field as who though? As either the people behind the AI or in twenty 10, 20, 30 years as the AI itself. Like, will it be programmable to the point where it may may not have the um where it may not have the creativity of a human, but where it has the capability of learning and problem mm-hmm. solving and creative creative idea and thought. Right. Because, so because I don't think it's creative in and of itself. But even today, I was asking it, like, hey, how would I create an arc for a character that's... I used Darth Vader. So I was like, hey, create an arc similar to Darth Vader. And it outlined a really good character arc. Mm -hmm. So I think it is algorithmically creative. Right, within within the structure of what's been happening. Exactly. If you get... It has so many... But I think maybe now and in the future there's a possibility that the structures that it has, it can learn to sequence in such a way that it can develop something so close to creativity that the average human eye couldn't tell the difference. Okay. That's actually an interesting point. And here's what I want to say to that. First of all, I'm going to disagree with that one point. Here's the reason why mm-hmm. I believe because we've seen this happen before. Um, and, and we've seen the, the evolution of this grow. I think our ability to spot fakes gets better as the algorithm gets better. And here's what I mean. Okay. I can see. I'm, I'm seeing that through a CGI perspective from movies. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Like how amazing do some movies look? And then you look at it 20, 20 years later and you're like, Oh, I didn't age. Well. I mean, like I've the only last Starfighter for 22 years, but <laughs> well, sure, we can go with that. The, I mean, if anybody who's seen the last Starfighter when they saw it the first time, I mean, I know I was like, and I was a kid, but I was like, whoa, like it was a computerized. There's a computerized spaceship, and it just looked amazing. You look at it now, and you're like, that didn't age well, mm-hmm. right? So I think I think we will get better at spotting fakes. Here's the other thing, though, is um, I think that a premium on human-created stuff will go up, and and mm. and I think that that will there will always be a premium set aside for that, um, and I think we have evidence of that over time as well. Mm-hmm. You know, the hand handmade pianos, you know, a, a, a Steinway piano that's handmade is is worth way more than 
even though it may sound it'll sound different but even though it it's it may even production not be as good quality um quote unquote whatever that means to like a yamaha which is a production piano right you know which is a beautiful i mean those yamahas are beautiful pianos a sign but a Steinway is like a, a living being and you can actually a, a, a concert pianist can tell the difference you feel the life in it well you can tell the difference when you play it it's it's a different piano um and so i think i think that those perceptions will get better and better and better in us um anyway so that was one thing i, I do want to talk about the flip side of that though yeah the flip side for me is so i'm gonna go on a little bit of a tangent here um one hypothetical question that i like to ask and like to be asked is if you could have a superpower can i ask it sure <laughs> okay pretend i just asked it okay so the question is if you could if you or i could have a superpower and the only stipulation is that if anybody finds out about it or guesses it you lose the power so what would that power be You, okay, hold on. Say that one more time. So <laughs> I zoned out for okay. a <laughs> Okay. So you have a so you have a superpower, super, super ability. And the stipulation is you can have it and do whatever you want with it, but if anybody finds out, out about it or guesses that you have it correctly, you lose the power. You lose the power. Okay, what would so what would it be? Wow. I think it would be um and I'm just like, this is without giving it a ton of thought. For me, it would probably be like to be able to have the gift of discernment. Like to okay. totally know what other people's intentions, understanding, where things are going. Like I think, I think that would be, you know, and I've, and I've had it to, you know, a, a, um, to a degree, but to have like that perfect vision discernment, that would be my mm -hmm. superpower. What about you? And, and that, but that would be difficult to hide. If you could see everything about somebody. well, I, I mean, you could, you but, could, but it would, but it would be, be. I think it would be more difficult for somebody to guess. Yeah, and it would, it'd be easier to hide than somebody with like super strength. Right, right. So, the my personal is a a kind of a two part combo, but there's, but they're not super super abilities, so I feel like it's okay. Um. Number one, you get two half abilities. Yeah, well. <laughs> Well, because they both because they both exist in real life. Okay. So the first one is photographic memory. Oh yeah. Okay. And the that. second one is lucid dreaming and the ability to control my actions and thoughts in my dreams. Huh. And so, with that, I gain kind of a matrix level ability to learn. And I think that that is the greatest and most exciting thing about AI is that we can learn things and have things presented to us in a way that we understand so much faster than we could in the past. That's interesting. I like, I, that's really true. I mean, I was sitting there just thinking of random. What's funny is like, I'll have random questions come up mm -hmm. and it's even stupid to like try to Google it, you know, but mm -hmm. I could just ask chat GBT and get the answer. Like I have all these questions that are literally like have nothing to do. It's, it, it's so eclectic and so stupid. And so interesting to see where your mind goes. Right. When you have like it because the first assumption you make with it when you're first starting before you've received any no, I don't have that answer. Right. Is okay, it has all the answers to everything. Let's see what it thinks. It has an answer for everything at least. It may not be correct, but let's shoot it shoot it at a question, see what the answer is. Yeah. And so with the lucid dreaming photographic memory superpower the idea is, is that I could go to any book, be in any situation, have any experience and be able to replay it in the dream over and over until I have a full understanding. Right. So that would be the coolest thing. Man, ever. talk about using your time wisely while you're sleeping. Honest. And, and, <laughs> and in dreams, there's no time. Right. So you have as long as you want and as long as you need while resting your body. So it seems like it seems like win really cool win. Thing. I like that. That's good. So so you see as AI is is able. So I I'll, see AI as kind of like steroids for learning. Okay. So I want to take a little bit more. I don't know. Um. Uh, uh, less metaphysical, more like practical, 
global mm-hmm. view. Um, so, I, and I think to, to understand this, I, I want to back up a little bit okay, and talk about like, and, and just say like, what, like, what is the purpose of economics? <laughs> I know that's a weird, I know that's a weird question, but I, I really think it, it applies. Mm-hmm. So the purpose of economics is to be more, to be more economical means that like we're being more efficient, right? That we're able to, um, you know, do things in such a way that, um, that makes life better, cheaper. Right. So, so in a simple way, your idea is that in a perfect economy, a a perfect economy is a perfect equality. Um, I wouldn't say that. I would say, I would say a perfect economy is, um, it's so hard to even imagine, but a perfect economy would be, we could get whatever we want for free essentially and have it not, um, uh, affect somebody else. Right. So exactly. So the idea of a perfect economy would be so that the separation in lifestyle between somebody who is very poor and somebody that is very rich is almost indiscernible. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I didn't think of it that way, but yeah, I think that's true. So like if I, so if I were poor, I might not have the exact same thing that somebody very wealthy right. does, but I can access it just as easily. Right. And and we see that today. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, to a much greater extent than people care to realize, you know, for example, you know, I have a, I, I drive around an old 2005 car mm-hmm. and yet it gets me to the exact same places at the exact same speed. And in, not the exact same speed. Well, <laughs> well no, typically like I, I, you know, without, but without, right. Right. I mean, and, and in with what 85, 90% the same comfort as somebody that's driving a limousine or a, or a Cadillac or, you know what I mean? Like a mm-hmm. brand new car. Like there's very, in fact, if you have a, if you have an, a, a, an electric vehicle, it's probably, I'm probably more efficient. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> um, and, and, so, so I think we have a lot of what you're talking about right now. Yeah. We just, we just see it differently because we see the bright, shiny Lamborghinis and we see, you know, mm-hmm. we're like, Oh, I want that. You know, we have a lot of covetousness going on. I think, and I think the, the biggest, at least in our first world country, the biggest discrepancy between poor and rich people isn't the material. It's the, um, it's honestly in the health. Yeah. Health and health and time. I would say health and time. Yeah. Especially mental health. Because when you have, when, when you're living poor, yes, you have, you have access to everything, but the stress that it puts on you to maintain that access is totally agree. Yeah. Is that much higher. And and I don't want to imply like the life of a poor person is the same as the life of a rich person. It's not, not you know, but, but my implication is that we're closer than ever before in our Mm. economy. And, um, and one of the things I see about chat GBT and AI specifically is that it makes the, it can make the economy way better. Now there's things we could screw it up. I mean, we, we could, we could, for example, um, you know, pour, a tr- uh, you know, $10 trillion into the economy in the last three years and just have inflation go to pieces. Um, but that's separate from mm-hmm. like the ability to provide services good goods and services at a very um when i say inexpensive i don't mean like inexpensive in dollar value i mean inexpensive in effort inexpensive mm-hmm. like like and 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 chat gpt and ai is the extension of that and i think it's going to make us a much richer society and world mm-hmm. i also think that it will make it a much easier economy to work in because the easy thinking is done for us if you the will. what thing is the done? easy thinking oh okay yeah so like and this kind of gets into the, <laughs> we can use calculators and <laughs> yeah we can use we can use calculators and now we can write essays well because so. there's a thing like and jordan peterson has talked about this like if you have a certain iq level mm-hmm. you know and and i don't remember you know below 80 i can't remember what he says but there's a certain iq level where he's like it's pretty difficult for somebody to survive in our economy right now at a certain IQ level. Well, yeah. 
that change just chat GPT changes that if somebody can learn, mm-hmm. if somebody who, who, you know, doesn't have a, a high IQ can learn how to use chat GPT in a, an efficient and good way. I mean, all of a sudden that person becomes productive like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that person becomes productive that fast. And to to an extent, it kind of puts away for good. And we can get into this. It puts away for good the school system in general. <laughs> like, it really... Like, math class... Math, now you're speaking my language. Like... Like, math is useful, but the second you know how to use a calculator and put the right problem in, then it's, it's, well, okay. So here's what I would say. Mm. Math is useful as music is useful. In other words, I disagree. I, I like music a lot better. Well, I do you... too. <laughs> I do too. Like, but, but, but here's, here's what I mean by that. Like math teaches things that are beyond math oh how to think logically how to go step by step through a problem how to it's another language anytime you learn another language you become smarter that's why music that's why why music is such a powerful language is because you because people can learn it and it becomes um and they become smarter they become they become more adept at you know expressing themselves and or or you know expressing an idea and so um so yes I think calculators, chat GPT, computers, which we've had forever, mm-hmm. you know, those things um, limit the, the need for math, except for on a level of like what it does to your brain. Right. I think the problem that chat GPT and well, you can even call it a, a calculator, artificial intelligence in a way. Sure. Um, the problem with all of these artificial intelligences is that is not that they make this the educational system archaic it was archaic before like right way yeah we know we know that just from a purely psychological analysis um but it makes what i think it does personally is make the grading system archaic Mm. and how we judge students and educators and people who are being educated right so It, it, it like takes a potentially and again this also comes down to who are the programmers who watches mm-hmm. the watchman you know those kind mm-hmm. of things but but it takes the greatest teachers of all time and condenses it into one mm-hmm. program which is what youtube kind of could be but mm-hmm. but chat gbt does it like ask a question you're you know there it right. is and i think think the well i think the progression the progression of the education system in the next few years is really going to show where we go as as a society um, for example, I don't, for example, like letter grades are stupid. Mm-hmm. We all, like, it's cool to see an A, but the way that students should be graded and now, and now I'm getting into my opinions is off of a rubric. And I think the rubric needs to be changed to adjust for the artificial intelligence that students can use or shouldn't use. And, but the rubric should be able to judge outside of the, of what, of however they get their answer. Okay. So I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, because that was a terrible way to phrase that. (laughs) Um, okay. So the one thing I agree with, with the common core system in the school system that we have is that students show their work because I think when you're being educated, you need to be able to articulate how you came to the answer that you got. Agreed. So while I think it's good in practice to be able to get things on the fly and be able to think things in your mind, when it comes to education, articulation and communication is the most important thing. You have to see the process. You have to understand the process. Exactly. And they have to know that you know how to think. Because I think more and more we need to learn how to think and how to solve problems through right. math and music and less how to do math agree. and create music. 100% agree. So personally, the rubric 
that well, and let me just add by the way i don't i want to hear about the rubric and all mm-hmm. that but let me just add to what you're saying right now which is i think that um the that the that people um i just lost my train of thought it must have been false <laughs> dang i hate when i do that but i i, I do i i think um what you said about people have to learn how to think mm-hmm. all of, and it's been this way for you know 15 years all the information the that anybody ever wanted is out there mm-hmm. um the the difference between the difference is, is are two things number one the integrity of the person um in other words mm-hmm. um it, it, if I were to say, what are the most important attributes for somebody to learn in school or in, or in education, it'd be number one, integrity, because then mm-hmm. people will trust you to do a job when you say you'll do a job. Um, and then number two is the ability to apply the facts that you, that are av- readily available, you know, and, and able to, um, you know, either through, you know, matrix style learn and do. Or are able to, to learn quickly, you know, how uh, different skills, because it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. one thing like, and I know this personally, it's one thing to know how to fix a car. It's another thing entirely to fix a car. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, I, and I, and I kind of know some of the first and I know none of the second. <laughs> yeah. I, my brain just matched yours. But <laughs> I right. think we're related. We must be related. related. But you were going to tell me that your rubric. I apologize. Okay. I interrupted. No, you're all good. Um, so, yeah. So, this education system is archaic. And now the grading system is archaic. So, the grading system that personally I think should be implemented is, and because I'm a big fan of mnemonics, I call it CAVE. <laughs> okay. Okay. You can, are, you can, make that whatever you You've want. You've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about it a little bit. Um I've I'm my goal, my current goal and mission that I'm working on right now is to get into the education business and privatize it in such a way that I can destroy schools forever. So, <laughs> Stephen Levitt, you're my hero. So, <laughs> so the grading rubric that I've come up with is number 1 have to show your works that the rubric works. The rubric is the first thing you're graded on is creativity. So, and maybe it'd be a little bit different for like math or some of those more standardized things, but how creatively did you get to your answer? Did you use, like, are you using outside of the box thinking in such a way that I can tell that you're thinking further than what you've learned? Okay. So, are you extrapolating? The I think that would be in possible in math, especially if you're giving like story problems. Absolutely. Or, you if know? you cancel, like if, if you're doing fractions and you cancel things out in a really weird way, but it it works every time. So the first thing I think that everything should be graded on is creativity, because I think that's a measure of the the first and most important measure of how we think. How would you measure creativity? If because that's a really kind of difficult thing to quantify i think it's so we you were talking about nirvana last night when we were talking about ai and its inability to be creative right and i think it would be one of those things that you recognize it when you see it okay it'd be and we've all seen the memes of the kids who give wrong answers but they're super creative right and just hilarious it's that kind of an idea and I think that that's the first We're idea. We have that a we nation be... of meme makers. I guess we already I th- do. But... I think. Well, that is the idea, though. That is the ideal that we're creating with all this, with the whole culture of content creation and social media and all of this. Is we are a culture of meme creators. We are a culture that everybody is trying to be the icon that determines the zeitgeist of our culture. Whoa! <laughs> I've been waiting to use that word for a while. Well, that was a pretty that was a pretty good use of it. Can, can yeah, you say that one you more want, time? You want me to say yeah. it in a fourth grade level? <laughs> yeah. No, don't say it. Just say what you just said because that was good. Okay. So everyone wants to be the icon. Every everyone who is creating content or is in social media in any way is trying to create an icon that determines the zeitgeist of our culture. Let that sink in, ladies and gentlemen. Let that sink in. Uh <laughs> 
And what I mean by that is everybody is trying to have an influence greater than themselves upon everybody else. Because we, we are no longer satisfied with bringing, with hitting our own buttons. It's a game of production and how can we produce something that touches somebody else? Okay, but here's, here's a question. Mm-hmm. Is that positive? In other words, if we haven't learned how to touch our own buttons or to, you know, what gives us the right to try to influence others? I think... I think that's a lot of the problem with with society today is it's so is people are trying to create an influence and a power that they don't have. And I know that for me, that's one of my biggest hurdles right now is trying to learn enough that I feel like I have enough to contribute. So to where I'm don't have that imposter syndrome in my mind that, well, I don't deserve to affect somebody else. And I think number and I think there's two things you can do to to vary that in my experience and from what I've learned. The first thing you can do to get over to get over yourself and feel like you have earned the right to touch someone else in a positive manner and to improve them and improve their lives is number one, do the work yourself, work really hard, and stack up and one of the people that i've been listening to a lot says this and it's a fantastic quote alex hormozzi he says one of the ways to to combat that idea that you're not who you say you are is to be who you say you are and stack undeniable proof that you are who you say you are so that's the first thing and the second thing is to realize that even if you're not exactly all that you try to make yourself out to be, if you're working towards that, and if you sharing your experience can benefit somebody else, then it doesn't really matter where it comes from because it's what they did with it. And so it's not even about you anymore. It's about the selflessness that you have to contribute something and be like, hey, this is something that I've learned that I've gone through and I don't know everything yet, but this is what I've learned and this is what I can share with you. And if that provides value to something to something or someone, then that is enough in and of itself. Hmm. So. That's good stuff. Yeah. Which is why. I endorse that. Which is why 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 year olds, all these young people go viral is because they contribute something even if they don't know everything. Right. So. And I will say, I also think. Like, and, and I kind of like, I cringe a little bit at the word content creators. Like, I think that's yeah. a little cringy. But I, th- I think it's a good blanket. But, but I understand term. what you're saying. And, and it, it's just fun. It's just a personal thing. But, but mm-hmm. I, I think also uh, all these I people, could call them artists, but I think you'd hate that more. No, no. I was actually, gonna, <laughs> I was going to use that word artist. Okay. <laughs> I was going to use that word artist um, because um, one of the unique factors about an artist is that um, an artist often creates art that's beyond himself. In other words, the mm-hmm. meaning derived from the art is to be completely outside the intention of the artist right? and is still relevant um, and meaningful. And so when an 18 or 19 or 20 year old, does, it's like when a kid, if you see a kid say something and we say, out of the mouth of babes. Right, you know, exactly. Like that. It's, it's not because that kid even understands what he's saying, but what he's saying is meaningful to the to the listener. Right, exactly. He's The kid somehow creates value where there was no value to be created. Right. So, and that- Which is what back. an economy is, by the way. I just want everybody to know that. Take a piece of wood, carve something, and that worthless piece of wood is now worth hundreds or thousands or millions of dollars. Which is why I think that the first thing we should be grading students on is their creativity and their answers. Okay. Um, <laughs> so to get back on that, right. the second thing that I think is a, is a priority is the articulation. How clearly can the A in cave, the A in cave <laughs> is how clearly and concisely do you articulate the idea that you're setting forth? So it's one thing to be like, well, two plus two equals four. And I figured that out because four, two ones make two 
and four ones make four. So, so if you're, if let's take it, I'm going to take an arbitrary scale. So, but let's say like the kid says out of the mouth and out mm. and out of the mouth of babes sing. Okay. So the creativity maybe is a nine or 10, but the articulation, because it doesn't understand what it, really what he's saying is a one or two. Yes. Yeah. Especially if it's a student, because in a, because what we see in articulation is understanding. Right. So, and <laughs> it's kind of, and it's a weird dichotomy because in actual writing culture, um, the reader is reading to gain value. Whereas in more of an educational culture, the reader is reading to make sure that the person understands what they're writing. Gotcha. So it's a different articulation, but I think that sh still should be the, s the second most important thing is, hey, how clearly are you communicating this idea? Do I understand everything you're saying? Is it a logical train of thought? Right. And so that's the second pillar for me. The So the third thing, the V in cave is voice. Um, it might be creative, creating value where there is none. It might be articulate, communicating clearly and concisely, but does it have a voice that brings it to life? So, and this is why I think it's less important because I don't think like math needs to be brought to life okay. every time, but, I, but again, I will say like the, the deeper you get into math and the more it becomes a language and less a, a, an alphabet, mm -hmm. um, it does need to come to life. Ex and that's also the thing The diff. Oh, hold on. And let me add one more thing. Mm -hmm. Um, because I believe. I mean, I'm okay with abstract math, but I, but to be truly math, I think it has to be grounded in something. And so, mm -hmm. um, it, it, uh, like a math problem should be a model of something that's real in the world, which is okay. Living like maybe not, you know, it could be a, a building. So, but it is a, a real life thing. That's tangible. Yeah. Okay. I think, but so the higher priority the thing, the more big picture it is, right? So, but the deeper you get into a subject, the more the little things matter. And the first person that I was, that I learned this from was reading books by Tim Grover, where he worked with Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and some of these really elite athletes. And so his job was to find the tiny things that they could improve on to get that much better, to stay the best. So with the lower priority, the thing where you get into the V and the E of this rubric, that's more because at a certain level, everybody's mastered. Oh, I'm creative at finding answers and I can communicate them very clearly. Okay. Now can I bring it to life for somebody else? Because creativity provides value, but voice starts the voices in other people's heads. So that's another thing that I like about chat GPT is the voice it has makes me think of more questions because it gotcha. confirms, right? And so the last thing that, and it sounds very stupid on the surface, but so the E, but I needed an E in cave. So I threw <laughs> it in there anyway. And <laughs> so the E is for energy. So And this is where it gets a little bit more abstract for me and where some of my thought process kind of fades a little bit, but where the voice carries the life of it, the energy is, so this would be more for like an essay or um, a report, different like written, mm -hmm. written things or, or a speech is it's it's the whys behind it yeah no i so, it's like it's like um the intention yes right? it's it's the intention so you've so you've complete so you've completed the what the when and the how you've delivered it clearly the voice you've brought it to life for everybody now i want to know that there is purpose to everything in your learning. And so it it's really at the lowest value thing that you really see the core of somebody's character. 
because if somebody takes their education seriously, they will score well at the core of everything they do. So, because how you do, it's one of those, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Right. So I guess another word, word for it, you could maybe determine it by determining the effort somebody put into something. Right. Um, one idea that I really like. Well, I, that's why I do, I do like the word energy and I can relate to it as a singer. Mm -hmm. Like you can tell the difference between somebody who's singing and any musician, but, but singing, it's so obvious between mm -hmm. a singer who is bringing energy. And, and for example, I'll, I'll tell my voice students, you know, you have to breathe with energy, mm -hmm. you know, because if you don't, that energy falls off. Um, and, and so you can tell that people that are putting that, we can call it effort, but the, I think mm -hmm. energy implies that something different that you're tapping into. Yeah. You know? It implies nuance because part of, part of the benefit of effort is you see the deeper nuance that somebody has behind their answers and behind their thought process. And on a different note, I think that the thought process is more important than the answers because knowing how to think is better than knowing what to think. Agreed. So, yeah. and that's been said a million times in a million ways, but to discover the process, like there's so many little things that people miss because they just, they just don't know exactly. Right. And that's kind of the problem with, and that's why it's on a different level than creativity. Cause you can create something without knowing everything. And it's as you put in work and edit. And I even feel like an imposter saying this because I know I personally haven't done enough of it is finding deeper and deeper meaning in the things that I say so that I can say them better next time. And so the last thing you're being graded on, as you improve that, it will translate and improve everything else. So I really feel like it's a good connection. No, I, 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 dude, I dig it. This And this is the first time I'm hearing this. So like, you know, proud <laughs> Papa moment over here. No, I think it's, I think it's, I think there's a lot of wisdom there and, um, and I think you're going to destroy the school system. That's the goal. Put it out of its misery. That's the goal. There's a lot behind it, but that is the that is the idea. Um, Hopefully, ChatGPT won't get to it first. <laughs> well, the here's the here's the truth. Even with ChatGPT, even with YouTube, even with all the tools that we have, and all these things are nothing but tools. Mm -hmm. No matter how good Chat ChatGPT is, it is a tool. Um, the you're always i really believe you're gonna need mentors you're gonna need live people to walk you through and mm -hmm. and to take you you know step by step by the hand you know and 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 take you through um the the process of education of of um internship um you know, and, and learning how to have a life, you know, and, and, um, in, and some of, a lot of that can be done with parents, but, but there's also, you know, when you start getting into careers and you start getting into vocations and, um, you know, things that, that maybe are out of the realm of, of a parent, like you have to find additional mentors to help you through that. Mm -hmm. And hopefully your core is set well enough. You know what I mean? Right. So I love, I mean, cave, we're, uh, we're going to mm -hmm. do that. That's awesome. Well, um, taken from Plato's cave analogy. So, <laughs> stolen. You had to go there. Stolen. <laughs> the shadow of something. How does it, how to step out of the cave, ladies and gentlemen, is we use the cave <laughs> method. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem is they'll kill you when you walk back in. Like, <laughs> the cannibals are after me that's right the, yeah the public school system the cannibals that's about right hey you rock man this it's has been, been fun it's been good can we do this again i hope so like soon like sooner than the last time sure yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that'd be we'll hit some hit some good topics and dude I'm... this was this is great this is like i think this is i think this is a worthwhile episode one of my faves so ladies and gentlemen that was steven levitt in studio right here. I am Mike Levitt and you've been listening to And If Love Remains. Thank you for having me.
first of 23 installments requested by Dr. Levitt. We're trying to be in compliance here because we're taking him and that whole organization down. <laughs>